We need to live ready to respond whenever the Holy Spirit calls us. And I've shared this story before. It's been a while, so probably a lot of you haven't heard it. But um, uh, uh, several years ago, this is when my girls were younger, and um, we were taking them up to Raleigh to do a little shopping. Well, that's not true. Uh, Christy was going to take them shopping, okay? And um, uh, I was going to hang out in my car listening to a Carolina football game, which... Unfortunately, I watched the one last night. But if you're a UVA fan, congratulations. Happy for you. But um, anyway, so after that, we were going to go over to P.F. Chang's. Anybody here been to P.F. Chang's up there at the mall? All right. So while the girls are in there, I'm listening to the radio. When the game's over, I get out of the car, head on in, walking across the parking lot. Something catches my attention out of the corner of my eye, and I turn and I see these two guys duking it out about 50 yards away. I can see that their vehicles are sort of parked at an angle where obviously this is some road rage taking place, right? And all of a sudden, something welled up inside of me. Now normally, you know, if I see something like that, I'm going to brush it off. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to, you know, just ignore it or whatever. But this time, out of nowhere... I felt this, uh, I was compelled to say something. And what I said sounds really dumb. I know what I said sounded really dumb. It, it sound, and I'm not saying that my mother would say something dumb to me, but I'm saying it sounded like something my mother might have said to me when I was a kid. Because I stood up there and I yelled, hey, straighten up and act right. And again, I know it sounded dumb, but it worked. <laughs> they, they stopped. <laughs> One guy picked his glasses up off the, the parking lot. They both got in their cars, and, and they drove past me. And it was then that I realized why I believe God wanted me to say something. Because as one vehicle drove by, I noticed a little girl sitting in the back seat. And she had just witnessed whom I assume to be her dad act out in rage. And sometimes it's hard to know what we're going to do in certain circumstances. You know, something pops up like that, you, you didn't expect it, that sort of came out of nowhere. And I believe the Spirit of God prompted me to speak at that moment. The words came out before I even knew what I was saying. But in the life of a believer, it is important that we live ready to respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now, we never know from one moment to the next what we might encounter, but we need to be ready to be obedient to God. Now, our present scenario will often determine our actions. For instance, you know, we're in church right now. So we're all focused on the same God. We're singing the same songs. And it's an understood principle that when you come to church, that's what you will get and participate in if you choose. But in a situation when there 
is wrong being done, and you're witnessing that. It's being done before your eyes. Certain aspects are going to sway us to one course of action or another. And friends, you know we live in a fallen world where we're going to experience trouble. We've got to be ready to respond in righteousness. And today we're going to focus on some practical responses to things we both personally witness, that we see or hear in the world around us or in the lives of others. Now, we all have so many inputs in our lives, and sometimes the amount of information coming in can be a little overwhelming. I don't know if you feel overwhelmed at times, but there's so much stuff coming at us. Not to mention, much of the information we receive, would you say it's negative a little bit? Would you say it may not be very godly or righteous information? And what we are supposed to do with it? Um, how, how should we handle it? How can we respond in righteousness to a weak and weary world that's around us. And the big idea for today is that we need to live ready. And living ready means we straighten up and act right. Okay, I know it sounds dumb, but that's what we got to do. And by this, I mean we have to make a decision before that ever happens to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit no matter what. We act on the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. Now, the world needs genuine followers of Christ who are ready to respond to the injustices that we see and to the struggles that we see, like the children that are hungry in our community. We need to respond to that. Life comes at us fast, and often we don't have time to think before we respond. So let me encourage you, we need to be ready. We need to prepare ourselves to react from a place of deep faith and strong conviction. Keep an eye out for darkness in the world that is in need of light. So let's pray together right now. Lord, give us the faith to respond like you respond. Fill us with love and kindness and light as we live in this world of darkness and pain. You are our greatest hope, our eternal salvation. Work through us, Father. Use us to be your light in this dark world. We love you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you were witnessing uh, something that was unjust or just didn't feel right. Anybody here ever witnessed something like that? Maybe you saw someone steal a woman's purse and you say to yourself, you know, that, that's not right. That, that person should not have done that. And, and you, you stop and you have to decide, am I going to chase that guy or, or am I going to just stay here? Or, or instead, maybe everyone at work or in school is participating in something that you know is not right. It, it's not right. And, and this happens at work all the time where a group of folks, maybe they're sort of talking about somebody else, you know, gossiping or running somebody. Anybody ever seen that at work? You know, and there's this group over here and they're sort of belittling this other person. Uh, Christy told me years ago that she realized 
that when she's hearing that at work, that she also realizes when she's not there, they're probably doing it to her. You, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, how are we going to react to that? Are we going to say, you know, guys, we shouldn't be saying this? Or are you going to take part in it? Or are they going to tell their dirty little nasty joke? Are you going to laugh at it and you're going to encourage that? Or are you going to say, you know, I, I don't really want to hear that. that that's not what, what I want to hear. Today, I want to share with you from Scripture how we can be ready uh, to, and ready ourselves in advance so that we may respond well in these different circumstances that come up. Now, first, we need to stand out, okay? We need to stand out. In Paul's first letter to the Corinthian Christians, he encouraged them in chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Now, the place that Paul is encouraging us to start in this discussion is to be on guard. But how do we do this? Now, I have a little illustration here to show you this. I have an empty cup here. Can everybody see the empty cup? Okay, small cup. I have a, uh, I don't know what you call it. What do you call this thing? Thermos. thermos. Okay, I'll call it a thermos, whatever it is. Um, and before we started today, um, I filled it with water. Now, I like my water with color in it. Uh, anybody else like their water with color in it? I don't like colorless water. It just doesn't taste right. So I got to add some taste to it. So I, I put me some Hawaiian punch, some good old red, fruit juicy red Hawaiian punch in this thing, and I stirred it all up. It was ready to go. Mm. Oh, that's very good. All right. So now you would think that if I put the Hawaiian punch in the water and I pour this out, what do you think I'll get? All right, let's see. Is this going to be a magic trick? Woo! Fruit juicy red Hawaiian punch. The best there is, right? The best there is. Now, the, the point of this, and I might have me a swallow. Okay, you stay away from that up here, okay? Um, uh, earlier, okay, when I did that, I, I knew what I was doing. I was getting ready. But being on guard, as Paul says, means that we become extremely aware of what we are allowing into our life. So I got out of it what I put into it. You understand? We get out of it what we put into it. What, whatever we allow into our lives will come out of our lives. They will come out of, in our speech. It will come out in our actions. It will come out in the way we respond to different things. Now, we talked about this concept a little bit last week as well. And again, this passage from Solomon really hits the nail on the head here. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. As we talked about last week, our hearts are very important. And whatever we allow into our heart uh, will eventually affect what comes out of our heart. 
The, the way that Jesus lived his life here on earth, we know that Jesus was perfect. In order for him to serve as the perfect sacrifice for our sins, he had to live that perfect life. Now, look, we are not going to be perfect. No way can we be perfect. However, he gives us a model of holy living, and that is to pursue that which is best no matter the cost, even if that means standing out. Now, when you and I decide to say no to some things, and we decide that we will say yes to other things, that's going to get the attention of other people. And while some will want nothing to do with you, maybe they will call you weird or crazy, but others will see the peace that you have, and they will want a piece of that. And over time, the Holy Spirit will more and more light us on fire with passion for the gospel message that we might even share this, uh, uh, not only with words, but by action. You know, simply by the way we live, others will encounter Christ through the example of faith that we are living. John Wesley once said, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. Interesting thought. Think about that. If, if we were to go out by the highway here and someone were to light my clothes on fire, what do you think would happen? People would come driving by. Hopefully somebody would stop and try to put the fire out, right? Um, but I think most folks would pick up these things and they'd do some videoing, right? You know, they wouldn't try to help. They'd just try to get it for whatever social media they were putting out there. But because it isn't every day you see an encounter with someone who is literally on fire. But listen to what Matthew 5, 16 tells us. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, the good things that come out of us, when we have poured into our life the good that God wants in there, and that goodness, that righteousness is coming out, it'll be like a fire, it'll be like a light burning for other people to see. And I wonder what would happen if in our church, in our community, in our city, in our state, if we as God's people decided to deny ourselves of those things that the world is trying to push on us, the filthy jokes and the, 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 uh, the greediness that's out there, because we are so consumed with the passion for Jesus. Our responses to evil things coming our way would be easy and quick. The temptations we face from the devil wouldn't last as long or wouldn't turn into sin if we were living ready to respond in the right way. Because we would constantly be on our guard for what is coming our way, knowing how to respond before it does. The light of Christ would shine through us so brightly that people could not help but notice 
Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. The light that God shines through you can make a huge difference in the lives of others. You can help them come out of darkness and into the light. But not only should we stand out, but we also must stand firm. This is very important. Living ready means that we have to stand firm in the faith, firm on Jesus Christ. We must be willing, as Paul says, to whatever comes our way to stand firm. Maybe when you hear that phrase, stand firm, maybe in your mind's eye you're thinking about, uh, have you ever seen on, on TV when the weathermen, there's a hurricane coming through, and the weatherman is standing there against the wind, bracing himself, and then you see people walk by behind them like... What, what's going on with that guy, you know? <laughs> but, but, we, but we have seen that. But, you know, there are winds that are so strong, they could knock you over. They could wear you out. Um, and often, you know, as you think about that, you know, they, they just have to really plant themselves, find some, something to hang on to so that they don't get bowled over. And the same is true in our lives as followers of Christ. We must Stand on our faith in times of trouble. The hope we have in Christ sounds like this. What I am currently experiencing is not the end. I want you to say that to yourself. If you're going through some kind of struggle, some kind of hard time right now, I want you to say this to yourself. The hope or what I am currently experiencing is not the end. There is a God whom I serve that is always working for my good and His glory. Amen. Do you believe that? Yes. Say amen. amen. Say amen. Standing firm on our faith is essential. Relying on God's Word to be our God in our life. We, we just talked about being on guard, which could mean not allowing certain things into our lives. But the next step in the process of responding well in these situations is knowing and defining what guides us. You see, for God, He desires that all people be guided by the sound of His voice. Remember, Jesus once said something about, you know, the sheep know the sound of their, their, the shepherd's voice. They follow the shepherd's voice. So what voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the voice that's coming from the culture, that's coming from the world? Are you listening to the voice of the good shepherd? Where can we find his voice? Well, friends, we find it in his word. We find it in the Bible. Remember what? David wrote in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp for my what? And a light for my what? On my path. Both a light and a lamp imply some level of darkness, right? 
Many things we experience in this life could potentially serve as darkness to us. And friends, we live in a dark world. Would you agree with that? I mean, there's darkness all around us. But praise God that he has provided a source of light for us even even before we get in the darkest places. God has put his light in us so that we can see it, we can discern it, we can know it before we get there. Reading and studying and meditating on the Word of God is part of deciding how will we respond before we're faced with a situation that needs a godly response. We have to be in constant study and searching God's Word to help us live ready to respond in the right way. I encourage you, do your daily Bible reading. Spend time in prayer asking God to prepare you. Now, we're going to face difficult times and struggles. There may be a time when you face persecution, like some of my friends in different parts of the world have. God knew this was going to happen. And for the early Christians, Paul often encouraged them to stand firm. Again, in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, we read, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And then later he would also write in 2 Corinthians 1.24, Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, because it is by faith that you do what? Stand firm. And then to the Philippian Christians, he would write in Philippians 1.27, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you, what? Stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. And then I'm going to share one more in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 15. So then, brothers and sisters, what? Stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word or by mouth. You see, Paul knew troubles were coming to those Christians, and he knew the importance of standing firm through all of those. You see that general firm of standing firm, holding fast to the faith and the gospel of Christ. So we have to stand firm when facing trials. Rather than giving up in faith, when we, when we struggle, we need to go deeper in our faith. And, and I want to tell you, you know, I know that she's my sister, but anybody that knows Elaine Gregory, um, you know somebody that has a deep faith. Any of you ladies that have been with her, how many of you would say amen to that? Amen. amen. Um, she, she probably has more faith than any of the others in our family, you know. She's an example, an inspiration to all of us. Facing cancer and the outcome of it, she has never lost her faith. And she is not a negative person. She's a positive person. Her glass is always half full. You know what I'm saying? And it's been her faith that has sustained her through years of the struggle with cancer. Our struggles may be very different than that, 
But Elaine, a long time ago, decided she would stand firm on faith. No matter what came her way, no matter what she experienced, Jesus was going to be her focus, and she would stand firm on him. That was a decision made long before cancer ever attacked her body. But she's been able to do that. And friends, we also have to stand firm when our faith is challenged. We have, we have friends whose lives are threatened if they hold on to faith. You know, friends in different parts of the world, our friends in India, you know, there are Hindu extremists who want to wipe Christianity out of the country. And I've shared this story again too, but there's several here that have never heard it. But my friend Ajay Law, many of you know Ajay, uh, he was in a situation where he was preaching in a highly difficult place. Uh, it was a Hindu extremist hub, and there were tens of thousands of Hindus surrounding the area where he was going to be preaching, and he was allowed to preach under the caveat. He had to sign a paper to the chief of police that said, if a riot began, they could shoot him on the spot. They had police officers standing in front of the stage with their weapons, not to keep the Hindu extremists out, but to kill Ajay if a riot began. Now that would cause you to think before you get up to preach, right? Ajay called home. He asked his family what they thought. The children, of course, said, no, daddy, don't do it. Don't do it. You've done so many things. Don't do this. But into his wife, reminded him of a commitment they had made years before when they had first begun that ministry. They had committed to be faithful in proclaiming the gospel even if it meant death. You see, long before that event ever happened, they had determined what their response would be. And while she did not want that outcome of death, she felt she must stand firm in the faith. The whole team, CICM, prayed as he preached. And the amazing thing is, no riot started, and thousands of people came to know Jesus. And that police chief even said, you know, what you said about this Jesus, he said, that was very interesting. I had never heard that before. I know another village that needs to hear that. And he took him to that village. Isn't that amazing how God works these things out? But, you know, when we, when we make a decision before an event ever comes, how we're going to respond, that will help us to respond in the righteous way. You know, and, and listen, you know, the, another important fact about that is not only should we stand firm but we must stand firm on love. We must stand for love. And this is our last thought today. Love is a very popular word in our culture. In fact, a lot of people have defined it in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, uh, we love our teams, right? We, we, we will say this. I love, I love that player. That's my favorite player. We love our jobs. I just love this job. Or I love money. I love what money can do for me, right? Or some people might say, I love sex. 
and, and everything about it. And I love movies, movies. We love movies. I love entertainment. Our definition of love is so far off of what Paul meant when he wrote uh, this text in 1 Corinthians 16, 14, when he said, do everything in love. That word Paul used is a very specific word in the Greek language. It's not a wishy-washy love that depends on circumstances. Uh, it, it, it is a love not based on the past or the baggage of a person. Our love is agape love, which is unconditional love. It's the type of love God has for us. And it's the type of love God clearly wants us to have for other people. And ultimately, Paul says, we are to stand up. We are to stand out. We are to stand firm in faith. And we must do it in love. Do everything in love. Many of the situations that you may have been thinking about during this sermon are directed, uh, maybe directed towards someone else. For instance, the injustice you see in the world today. It comes in many forms, but we as God's people can pour into those things, bringing the light of Christ. And we, we see those sometimes, those who are guilty, who are found, I mean, they, they get away with their crimes. Maybe they weren't found guilty in court, and so they get away. Would we feel like that was justice served? No. Most people would say not. We see those who are innocent, who are convicted of crimes they didn't commit. Would, would we say that is justice served? No, we wouldn't. We, we see innocent slaughtered. And we're seeing this right now in, in the Gaza Strip. Uh, from insane people going into schools. This has happened right in our own country. Or, or churches and shooting people. To, to the terrorists that are walking into the homes and families and killing entire families. How can we stand for love in the face of such evil? This point has more to do with all these situations directed at us. It has to do with responding with forgiveness when it simply doesn't make sense. Because this is what Jesus says about forgiveness in Matthew 18, beginning in verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And, and I'm imagining that maybe John, you know, one of the fellow apostles, had done Peter wrong six times. And uh, he was ready to pounce on John for messing up. So he said, seven times? Can I, can I get him back after the seventh time? But Jesus said, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. And some translations say seven times 70 but the point is that you just don't keep count. And just like our other responses and situations, we must be willing to know how we will respond in advance. When someone wrongs us. Let me ask, has anybody in here ever been wronged? Anybody in here ever been wronged? Now, I'm not going to say, has anybody in here ever been wronged by your spouse? I wouldn't do that to you. I'm, I'm, I'm the one. I'm keeping her up all night. That's the problem. But when somebody wrongs us, how will we respond? 
Will we hold that wrong against them? Maybe we've been guilty of making this statement a lot of times. I'll forgive them, but I won't ever forget it. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like we're still holding it over them. Um, it's true that we probably won't forget something that hurts us. And we do need to be cautious. I'm not saying we're not cautious. However, we can remember something that hurt us long ago as we also remember our forgiveness for that thing. This allows us to truly show love in all we do and, and move forward. We are broken, sinful creatures, which means that sometimes we're going to fall short of what God's standard might be. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be people who forgive and we can show the love of Christ through our actions. Love is the way that Jesus responded while on earth. And it's the way we're called to respond as well. And I want to encourage you, live ready to respond in love. You know, I'm amazed, and aren't you amazed, at the ability to, of some people to love in extremely hard circumstances. They can forgive the most egregious acts because they committed themselves to love and forgive before those acts ever occurred. It's more about Jesus than it really is about themselves. And again, here's another story I've shared before, but one that many of you would not have heard. I think of a young lady named Rachel in Rwanda. Anybody here been to Rwanda? Who's been... Who? Okay, do any of you remember Rachel at the genocide, the Yamada Genocide Memorial? She's still, as far as I know, a tour guide there. She's actually taken me through it like three times, so I'm, I'm sure she is. Most of you probably have heard of the genocide that took place in Rwanda, where militant Hutus tried to exterminate their rival tribe, the Tutsis, and over a hundred-day period... Nearly a million Tutsis and their sympathizers were slaughtered. Gangs went from house to house, street to street, with machetes and hatchets, and they killed men and women and children. And when, they visit, when we visited the memorial there at Yamada, there's 40,000 victims of that genocide who were buried there. And again, Rachel was our tour guide, and I asked her about her family. And she explained to me that all 10 members of her family were slaughtered. Now, I want you just to put yourself in her place. That on one day, all the members of your family would be taken. Her parents, her siblings, all killed by this evil. And I asked her how she felt about those who did this. And she said the most amazing thing. She said, I have forgiven them. Now you think about that. Could you do that? I asked her, how in the world can you do that? I mean, they killed everybody in your family. And she said, I asked Jesus to forgive me. And if I want him to forgive me, I must forgive them. Wow. 
That is a deep spiritual truth. You see, she had a reason that went beyond herself and even beyond the evil that had come into her nation. Her reason was Jesus. And if we approach life with that attitude, we can be ready to love and forgive regardless of what others may do or say. So friend, I want you to ready your soul, ready your heart, and ready yourself to respond to any and every situation with a Christ-like attitude and posture. It won't always be easy. And it might not always come naturally. But just like anything else, the more you practice, it will be better. And the more of God's goodness and righteousness you pour into your life, the more that will come out. And remember, we're all in this together. If you need help, if you need accountability, please reach out and ask. We're, we're not called to walk this path alone. Live ready means to straighten up and act right. That means we stand up and we stand out and we stand firm. It means we stand with love. Father, we come to you and we thank you for your love and for your grace. We thank you, Father, for the way that you have loved us, the way that you sent Jesus to die for us even when we didn't deserve it. I mean, Father, we, we were sinners, and yet Christ died for us. And that reveals your love. Your love is demonstrated in that. And so, Father, we thank you for your love. And we pray that our lives might reflect that love. And we pray, Father, that as we live, that we will live ready. That we will live ready to respond to the prompting of your Spirit that we would not quench your spirit, that we would listen and act upon what we know to be your will. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.